0: I'm Lee, and I'm Lauren, and you're listening to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. Tune in live at 9 p.m. on Tuesdays
1: for your weekly dose of art and design.
0: So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Saturation Italicized on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Lauren. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually Lauren. Yeah, and I'm Lee. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why you did Today that either. Today, I'm Lauren. That was perfect. Today, I'm Lauren. We have a special guest. Yeah, we do.
2: It's me. Hello. It's yeah. It. It's I'm, the guy. It's the official bard of Baldwin County. Hello. Woop
0: woop. Yay. Yo, check out his stuff on Spotify. And while you're checking out stuff on Spotify, check out our podcast under the title Saturation Italicized. Wherever you find your podcast. And uh, check out our Instagram at saturation.etalicize. So true. So So real. true. Real. You have to put the plugs in at the beginning of the show. You do.
1: It's not the pod without we them. We do them like after every ad break. Yeah, it's not just need at to the know. beginning. Yeah, we do be reminding them.
2: See, I always forget to do ad breaks in my show, and then I regret it because I'm like, oh man, that's a missed opportunity.
1: <laughs> <plugs."> <laughs> but I've noticed that other shows on Weagle don't. Plug their stuff during ad breaks because i won't hear the beginning hour or like the beginning on the hour stuff and then i'm like waiting for them to say who they are and what their show is and it's never said i'm like well i liked the show i don't know who it is but i like (laughs) the vibes
0: it's different for pods i think i think it is too plus like when i was doing a music show like i was always so scared to talk on there i did everything i could not to talk on my show and now i literally have a podcast all we do is talk Well, speaking of
1: talking, Lauren, you should talk to us about Charles Bukowski. I will. I'm so excited. This was prepared for last week, but then we just talked so much that it got pushed to this week. So I'm going to tell you all about one of my favorite poets named Charles Bukowski. He lived from 1921 to 1999. And so that means he lived through World War One, World War II, and the Vietnam War, which Ooh. led him to be very skeptic and bitter. I'd be cynical, too. Yeah, I really can't blame him. But a lot of his writing was very blunt and conversational instead of writing. And on his tombstone, he wrote, don't try, <laughs> which I think is really interesting. Um, Manns was the definition of a pessimist. He was. And like his <laughs> like theology on life was to just let it come and let it happen. Like, don't try to, like, mold yourself into something because then it would just damage the purity of it. Nihilism. Yeah. So he says, somebody, okay, quote, somebody asked me, what do you do? How do you write? Create? You don't, I told them. You don't try. That's very important. Not to try, either for Cadillacs, creation, or mortality. You wait. And if nothing happens, you wait some more. It's like a big bug high on the wall you wait for it to come to you when it gets close enough to reach it you you either slap out and kill it or if a if you like its looks you make a pet out of it oh I love that right that's so
0: true I was literally talking about the other day like when I sit down to write something like if I'm trying to write something it's not gonna come out like if I'm like I'm going to write about this topic and I sit down and do that Whatever I write is not going to be about that topic. It's gonna to be whatever like just comes out of me, like as yeah. I hear different words.
1: Yeah.
0: You can't try to do a specific piece of art. You'd have to let the art go through you.
2: I agree. That is weird though, because like whenever I sit down to write something, like I usually like I always start with like a concept for something. And th- but I don't know. I guess it does I guess it is always kind of spontaneous because I sit down and like I come up with a concept for like a lot of people do like concept albums or whatever mm-hmm. and like I like writing concept songs cause I, I love it's concept albums granular and weird but like if I write a song that's like oh this is gonna be about bugs you know <laughs> I start writing it and but I don't know I guess it is always like you kind of find stuff along the way that you never mm-hmm. thought you were gonna come on. I don't know
0: no I I completely agree you just, it's just hard to decide like this is the thing I'm going to do and then execute that thing. Yeah. The thing exe- like execute
1: you. It does. I feel like whenever I do projects, my beginning idea is never what I end with. So true. Yeah. Like it's so just true. like a stepping point and then I just deviate a mm. lot. That's why it's important I think to have a bunch of ideas for different projects. You can yeah, never yeah, say this yeah. is going to be the thing. Yeah, that's true. And that's why you just wait. Yeah. Like Charles Pikowski like said. Pekalski said. You just wait.
2: Or you don't try.
1: Or you don't You try. don't try. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes by him, which I want to know y'all's feedback on it. He says, and when nobody wakes you up in the morning and when nobody waits for you at night and when you can do whatever you want, what do you call it, freedom or loneliness? Oh. When I I tell you that that. quote changed my outlook on life. Wow. What are y'all's thoughts? Have either of y'all watched BoJack Horseman?
0: I have not. I've heard
2: very, very good things, but I have not watched it.
0: Well, y'all should, but... There's uh, there's this character in it who, like, basically drops off the face of the planet. And they find the character. He's, like, living in seclusion, like, just gardening his own stuff, doing his own thing. And someone goes up to him and he's like, how could you just leave? Like, you really hurt people by leaving. And the guy's like, well, I made my own happiness. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm finally free.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I, don't, I, I feel lonely when there's, like, no one like expecting anything of me. But I feel like maybe that's something with age, you you start appreciating the seconds alone more, I guess. Yeah.
2: I always had like even in high school and stuff, I would always I whether it was going to like a thrift store or something or even just like I had (laughs) I had like my old person walks where I would like go to the mall (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, literally. It was a hot (laughs) Hot girl walk. It was a hot girl walk before hot girl walks were a thing. And I don't know, and I don't even know if I'm, I'm like I was ever truly alone because, like, even if I was in the the Daphne, Alabama Walmart, I would be listening <laughs> to like a podcast or yeah. something. Yeah. But I have so much like sense memory associated with that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you're walking through the Walmart. It smells like Walmart. You you pass the tire department and you're mm-hmm. listening to a podcast.
0: And you like remember those moments yeah. like they're still so specific to you even though there was nothing like necessarily like it was the most
2: mundane thing yeah. ever, but it's still like the part of you know your human experience
0: oh that's that's such a yeah. good point the human yeah. experience is like very poetic in its own right I yeah think. it is
2: <laughs> the human it's, ab-
0: exp- <laughs> it's about the little things in life
2: like walking through walmart like
1: yeah.
0: going through the daphne alabama walmart yeah. like what is really like
2: darn that? tootin. <laughs> nothing else in this world honestly it's very special. Walmart holds a very special place in my heart.
1: Mm. Well, I have two more quotes for you by Charles. He's got some good quotes. He's got, He's got, some, got some, some good stuff. So far. Let's hear some. I like, like I like his poetry, but his one lines like these really get to me. So the next, are they, one, wait, are these from poems or are they quotes by him? To be honest, I'm not sure. I think they're from poems. Listener, you can like Google this. Yeah, I'm not. That's on y'all. Sure. I know this he you, said now. it. I don't know the context. Of these lines,
2: he said it though.
1: That's and you know he was a poet, so it's, it's just all poetry his, in its own right. Yeah, all of his stuff. I mean, it could all be poetry. Um, he says, "But if we joke," and he said, "But we joke and laugh. Otherwise, we would start screaming." Hmm. And I feel like that's so real. We just go through life. We just joke and laugh, because otherwise we'd start screaming. That's so like
0: Gen Z TikTok. That is like yeah. the TikToks that are like, oh, I cope with humor, and it's like my dad <laughs> died, and they make a meme yeah. out of it or yes. something. See, that was Charles Bukowski. And you know, he was saying this stuff like in the 1900s.
2: Charles Bukowski would love TikTok. I feel like. Oh my gosh. I feel yeah, like he gosh. would see he would see one video of like. Some sixty-year-old trying <laughs> and failing to use a filter correctly, <laughs> and he would just be like, "This is the human. This he, is the human condition."
0: He <laughs> would love TikTok slideshows. Oh, he would oh. love yes. TikTok slideshows, like, like
2: the sad he, ones. The what? sad ones He would go
0: crazy oh. for those. Oh those, gosh. but I think he might also appreciate the indomitable, indomitable human spirit yep. ones. Yep. I love those. Yeah, by the way. those make I me do so too. happy. They make me I feel
1: so good afterwards. I think he and I might be on the same side of TikTok. definitely I'm liking the vibes but I'm just gonna read you a random poem I have found by him Mm, please do it's called the cage all this after acting as if the asylum house screams had nothing to do with you in fields of non-tender doom your skeleton your skull will one day flop in unwound dismal nullity no idea what that word means (laughs) um but yeah that's another one of his pieces. What do uh, y'all think about? I like this guy, Oh, dear Charles.
2: I was googling him at the very beginning of the show, and I felt bad because it looked like I was just on my phone. But <laughs> I was, I was, I was on the Poetry Foundation website looking at, him. and he, he, there are several that are just all in lowercase, yeah, which instantly so just real. endears me. Yes, <laughs> instantly makes me think like, ah, uh, I, I like this fella. Yeah. But I don't know, I I always admire, um, I don't read a lot of poetry, but like when I do, I think it's like, I don't really appreciate super flowery stuff, I like Mm -hmm. when things are very blunt, I like when things are just like, this is
0: this. this is your man then, he's known for being blunt. This is the most I've ever heard about Bukowski too. Um, yeah, and I, I really like everything you've shown. I didn't
1: really know anything about him, but now knowing his like personal life, it mm-hmm. makes sense. Like you can see how his human experience has affected his writing. And I know you said you didn't listen to poetry or you don't read poetry, but music is poetry. Yes. I yes. music
2: is bad poetry. Every song no. starts out as a bad poem. Is is that is that's how I live by. I have so many terrible, terrible poems in my notes app.
1: But the thing is, we've learned something oh, I learned this in my creative writing class. The first thing you write down does not have to be good. Oh, you just yeah. have to get sure. it on paper. Yes, absolutely. And that's just like good in itself. Pretty
0: much every poem, every story, like I write, I go back and delete either the first stanza or the first paragraph. Like it yeah. never stays. It's just a jumping off point to yeah. where I'm going. For sure. For sure. For sure. Dude, no, I, re- I really like his stuff. He's such a nihilist, but this song, song this poem, really like really beautiful I I went and looked up the line breaks I really appreciate the line breaks in it um and I don't know I think it's always like impressive when you can have a super blunt poem that still like feels like a knife in your
1: heart or something yeah that's how I feel like a lot of his stuff is like the quote about freedom and loneliness I Mm -hmm. was like that is just Mm -hmm. knife in the heart Well, I
0: hope none of our viewers uh, or listeners get lonely. Uh, As we go to ad break right here, you will be listening to Chamber of Reflection by Mac DeMarco. You are tuned in to Saturation Italicized on WEGL ninety one point one FM. Don't go anywhere. Yo, what's good? You are tuned in to Saturation Italicized on WEGL ninety one point one FM. I'm Lee. Oh, so you're not Lauren now. No, I was Lauren, but today now. Oh, but I'm I'm Lauren now. You're Lauren. Okay, right.
2: I'm the official bard of Baldwin County, Alabama.
0: <laughs> and yes. we, we gained another guest in the it's break. It's full mic right now.
3: <laughs> Hello, this is Allison. I am a STEM gal in a design world right now, but I'm enjoying myself greatly.
0: Oh, I'm so glad y'all are here today. It's going to be so nice to have so many different like opinions on everything, to see some new perspectives, new outlooks, and uh, what are we talking about next, Lauren?
2: Audio jungle.
0: Audio jungle. We are, wow.
1: <laughs> we are talking about AI, because the quote-unquote future AI of AI is here. It's no longer the future. No, I it's know. Like now. It's literally... It's there's, upon us. There's art competitions for them now. I'm. It's very crazy. So, as I was doing my little research about this, I gathered that design jobs are defined by creative and social intelligence, which includes, like, empathy, problem-solving, negotiation, persuasion, all those things. Communication. Communication. But with AI, non-designers can now develop these traits. And designers no longer hold the title of being the most creative person in the room. Womp womp. But (laughs) AI allows people to create, like, allows designers to create thousands of variations of their designs, which makes them work more productively and quickly. But there's a lot of pros and cons to AI, and that's what we're going to dive into now. Mm. What are y'all's thoughts on the matter?
0: I have too many opinions on AIs because there's that whole trend on Twitter now that's like, Graphic designers are now obsolete in the face of AI. But then I saw a tweet the other day where someone had typed in like a normal amount of fingers on a hand for an AI, and there was like twenty fingers on this hand. So it's like, how good is AI really? Like, is it really making creatives that obsolete?
3: Wait, so you're all saying y'all don't have twenty fingers on your hand right now? I some days Suddenly,
0: I Suddenly, this I do. is
2: not a safe space anymore. <laughs> Suddenly, this is not a safe space for me. Um, I personally am. I, I hate to sound like a boomer when I say, like, I'm against it because I I'd never want to be like, I'm against this technology. Mm-hmm. However, in the space of AI art as a creative, there's been so many instances of like people will, it's, it's like there's like an AI guy that's like specifically training this AI model to imitate the style of this artist. And then they'll like tag them in the Twitter post they make and they're like, hey, look, I'm ripping off your art. <laughs> with this robot and you can't do anything about it, it. hi, cool it literally so it's
0: just I, AI don't get so mad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i think i think art largely exists in context to make it art um like a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Duchamp and we were talking about the the urinal and how that sparked the conversation of art, a big part of making That piece, art, was the context around it of Duchamp being an artist and Duchamp wanting to talk about ready-made art and talk about Dadaism. And um, AI exists completely, like, without context. Like, they can create a piece of, quote-unquote, art. There's not necessarily any emotion or artistic context surrounding that piece of art.
1: I've never thought about that before because art is like it's art because the artist intended it to be art. Yes. So now AI is going to quote unquote intended to be art that doesn't really sound right. But
0: I've heard it argued that AI is like basically like another form of like a human kind of so it's like just another brain creating its own form of art.
2: The only like I think it's very interesting from like if you're like a concept artist and you want to crank out like a bunch of variations on like mm-hmm. this this mm-hmm. like weird concept that I have for a creature but still and yet I think that there's something about I think that it has its own merits because there's actually a TikTok account that I enjoy that I'm kind of like conflicted about enjoying <laughs> because it's like it's a guy that writes these short stories that are like horror short stories and then he interprets them with this AI he, like, does AI-generated art for them. And they turn out really cool, and they're generally, like, they're really unsettling. But, like, I'm still so conflicted about the application of AI art mm-hmm, yeah. that I'm, like, I don't know if I would prefer. Like, because it's AI art has still, because it's so early, it still has this thing where you can tell it's AI art. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, the faces are never right, but it's, mm-hmm. like, it's cool. Uncanny. Exactly. Yeah. But still and yet, I'm, like, I don't want this to cause further harm to people's jobs in the future
0: i just yeah. don't necessarily understand like why we're so ready to take the humanity out of art when art is like a very hu- humane human thing like That's i don't know true. allison as like a stem girl where do you stand on this
3: mm. I don't know my uh, STEM ideals and how it comes into this, but just all of us talking about this has reminded me of, um, I'm sure you've seen it, but Drew Gooden's new video with the AI creative writing website. No, Oh yeah, I did see that. That was so good. Yeah, and like over the course of the video, like he would give the AI like all these different prompts and like see if it could generate something funny or something scary or, you know, something just silly. And it would always kind of get like, 45% 45% of the way there, and then just kind of drop the ball. And it's like, it's almost like you need a human to have like these human emotions and produce this art that affects us humans. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know how the computers, you know, come into all this. I <laughs> no, just,
1: I think you're right. I just
0: feel like art's like without human emotion, like, how
1: much is it art? Yeah, I agree. I saw when I was doing my research for this that somebody was saying that, like, when you have just humans making something, it's not as good as if you had humans and computers. But in the same way, if you just had computers, mm. it's not as good. It's like you need both. Yeah. Which no, I like is that. Are
2: they saying that because, like, are they saying that, like, with saying, like, you use the computer as a medium, like, the same way that you would, yeah. like, draw with something? Or are they saying, like, uh, the computer is like an active collaborator?
1: That's a good question. Oh. I guess it could be E. I guess that's open for interpretation.
0: I would say it, it's a It's a tool to create with because- I agree. I guess like you're kind of collaborating like in the way that you can use the width tool on Illustrator and you're not creating the width. Hmm. It's doing that for you with zeros and ones and whatnot. What but <coughs> you're using, you're literally using a tool on that application to make that thing. So.
2: I will say, like, in the realm of it, because you saying, you saying the thing about the, the, Allison saying the thing about the Drew Gooden video made me think of, there's a streamer who I absolutely love, um, and you can feel free to check them out uh, under the name Wayne Radio TV on, on uh, Twitch and those associated platforms, but <laughs> he does these just bizarre concept streams, and one of my favorite ones is uh, called A Iron Chef. And he got this AI to generate recipes for him. Oh no! <laughs> and it's, but, so it's like as it's it's just complete. It's it's data. Like it's it's complete weird, surreal. Like one of them was like, I can't remember the exact names, but they're all these just wacky names. And uh, one of the one of the instructions was like, take out the machinery, uh, <laughs> place place your beef on a high seat, like good it, point. You know, like. One <laughs> recipe for water cake and it's just like put water in a pan bake it 400 degrees <laughs> so it's like there's kind of the thing I was saying earlier about like using it as a tool but maybe not for the right reasons like mm-hmm. this is just kind of taking advantage of it as AI is very imperfect and very silly and goofy if you mm-hmm. give it the opportunity to be mm-hmm. um, I do appreciate its use case there because mm-hmm. it's very funny
0: I do think AI is like I think AI is another useful tool like I don't think it yeah. should be like the end mean or the end goal but I think like if you're like okay I need to put together the color green with um, a rocket ship and aliens so I'm, I'm describing my last project um <laughs> you can put those things up in an AI and see what it comes up with and then maybe that gives you an idea for an ad or, or something like that but I don't think it's going to create something that's as visually pleasing as a human who knows what humans like to see.
1: I agree. Mm. I agree. I saw this one quote that somebody said, I can see the potential for a future where our personal AI assistants, armed with a deep understanding of our influences, heroes, and inspirations, constantly critique our work, suggesting ideas and areas of improvement. Which is really weird to think about. This is kind of stressing me out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was kind of stressing me out when I was reading about it. The more
0: I hear about AI, like the more nervous I get. It's like, oh, we're getting we're getting like eerily close to all those movies, yeah, where a robot takes over.
1: But I will say, is this what people thought when the computers were invented? Because that drastically changed graphic design. So is it going to mm. be like that?
2: I think that mm. there's a the difference between the like innovation of computers as like a medium is different than now, because I feel like so much of what I dislike about AI art is it's like all these crypto bros and like these new like web three people being like, I'm putting you out of a job. It's like they're so mad and I, you know, I don't want to paint all of them with this like, but it's like, I'm not personally creative and I'm not like, I don't have the time to put in to develop my artistic skills as a person. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna use this as a way to both undercut you and, like, take out this weird, it's always, like, so weirdly resentful in a way that yeah. I hate reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But it's like, I'm going to take your job with this <laughs> robot.
1: Yeah, Oh, it's so
0: uncomfortable. It's
2: cartoonishly, it's like they're twiddling their mustache whenever they do it. You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: it does feel that way. <laughs> um, I hate to stop this wonderful conversation, but it's time for an ad break. First, we will be listening to Best Part by Daniel Caesar. You are listening to Weagle 91.1 FM. Do not go anywhere. Yo, what's good, everyone? You're listening to Weagle 91.1 FM. This is Saturation Italicized. Once again, I'm Lee. And I'm Lauren.
2: I'm the Bard.
0: And I'm Allison. Next up, I wanted to discuss a little bit about the Daniel Caesar uh, song you just talked about, but more so about the album cover. I am gonna ha- going to preface this with I'm not... Like a huge Daniel Caesar fan. But we got specifically requested to discuss this album cover. Shout out Davis. So, shout out Davis. Um, and I'm actually in a photography class right now. So I feel like maybe a bit more equipped to talk about this album cover. It is a photo, as you've probably deduced. Um, the album is titled Freudian. Uh, which means relating to or influenced by Sigmund Freud and his methods of psychoanalysis, especially with reference to the importance of sexuality and human behavior. The album itself um, shows a man hiking up what kind of looks like a pyramid, but it's more concrete with a very like light blue-gray sky background. You can see the sun peeking out of the top left corner. Um, definitely has some color treatment on it. Um, The shadows are really harsh on this image. The angles are really harsh in this image. Um, And also composition-wise, I noticed when looking at it that your eye follows the line of the monument he's walking out of, which is actually a concrete cubist-inspired behemoth on the Schumann Plateau that can be seen from 30 kilometers away. I also don't know if I pronounced any of that correctly. Um, The site itself is actually... 1300 years old it is in Bulgaria um I don't know how on earth he was allowed to hike up this thing I was just wondering that I wonder what if it's an AI generated cover oh um, girl like, girl <laughs> don't even speak that into existence okay but something I, I noticed when looking at this album is there some very obvious like metaphor in it when you see a man hiking up a mountain like that can be a pretty good way to describe an album. Like, you're going through something, you're trying to get to your best self, you're trying to get to the best point. Um, and something I read about this album actually was that it was inspired by gospel music, which I'm sure you might have been able to pick up on listening to that song. I thought the idea of gospel music, like, pretty much perfectly matched the album image, um, as it signifies overcoming obstacles, which is a common motif for gospel music. Um... Guess and Lauren, I don't know if y'all have gotten a chance to look at the cover of this album,
1: do, but do y'all have any thoughts on it? My thoughts are there's a lot of negative space. Mm. A lot. It's like the entire piece.
0: Yeah, it's all it, it all exists in pretty much the lower like third of the composition. Yeah,
1: and it's just the little man in the middle. I, I like it.
0: I don't actually know if that is Daniel Caesar who's climbing up it, but... It's,
2: I will say I looked at I was looking at video or like pictures of the actual monument itself on uh on Wikipedia. It is very dope. Is it? Big fan, yes. It the monument to thirteen hundred years of Bulgaria. Also known as the founders of the Bulgarian State Monument. Wow. Built to commemorate the thirteen thousandth anniversary of the first Bul- no, thirteen one thousand three hundredth anniversary <laughs> of the first Bulgarian Empire. I think, I don't know, it. I feel like it, it makes sense, like you were saying, with it looking like a mountain or like a pyramid or whatever, that it's being hiked up. Mm-hmm. But it's like, there's a lot of cool stuff in this monument that I feel like would have been a cooler cover, but that's <laughs> just me.
0: Well, I think something that's like, I guess it's your decision if you think it's a strength or a weakness of the cover itself. I think it's probably a strength, the simplicity of it, yeah. um, because it's very easy to look at the cover and I think understand what he's trying to get out, even if you haven't listened to the album yet. Because like I said, I don't listen to a ton of Daniel Caesar, but I can tell looking at this cover, man is trying to go through an obstacle. Indeed. Something I uh, also wrote down when I was researching this a bit was to me, it kind of read as the singer Daniel himself currently experiencing like the battles of human interaction, the battles of love and life through this album and, um, and I think he's like inviting the listeners to go through this journey with him. Like, he's alone when he journeys up this monument on the cover, but you're actually being an active participant when you are listening to the album mm-hmm. in this journey.
2: I think that, I think, I, I hope that I didn't mean to uh, imply that it was a bad album cover, because I think <laughs> it stands as, like, as an album cover, it works extremely well. I think it stands on its own very well as, like, as a piece Mm -hmm. it's just like (laughs) seeing the rest of the things i'm like man it would have been cool if it was something
1: else but i wonder why he didn't go with a flashier part of it i was just reading about it actually and it was saying that like first of all it is actually him on there they had a whole photo shoot um but it said that his like creative directors led them to bulgaria And a lot of their, like, pagan-rooted tradition, and that kind of just went with... Somebody says, we took the original concept, and we kind of constructed this fantasy world, which is supposed to resemble Daniel's subconscious. That's what I was saying, bro. That's what I was saying. you
2: got (laughs) to have a lot of faith in your creative director if he says, hey, we're going to go to Bulgaria. Yeah, no (laughs)
1: kidding. But he says that's Freudian in a nutshell. So... Mm.
3: All right. See, I think it's so interesting that they ti- or they he titled the um album Freudian because when I think of like a guy walking up a mountain, I think of Sisyphus.
1: Mm, yeah. the like
3: Greek or Roman or what have you who like pushed the rock up the hill all the time. So, I don't know. That's a good point.
2: It also I don't know, the Freudian at there are things that I cannot discuss on the radio that made me when I first saw this <laughs> album cut. I mean, I think it's pretty implicit by looking yeah. at it. Um, but with the album literally being called Freudian, I think that's a fair assumption to make.
0: Mm. Yeah, I thought that same thing too. I guess um, I, as like someone who doesn't know a lot about scientists or anything like that, I at least do know that Freud Freud did a lot with like hum, like I said, human interaction and love and other things, and that's pretty much entirely what I saw when I was researching this album. Is he was going through those issues in the in the album mm-hmm. i think that song itself is beautiful i think it's a very beautiful yeah. song it's calming it's nice yeah it's a good song um on that note if you would like to hear a less calming song <laughs> we are about to listen to feel good incorporated by gorillas mm. you've been tuned in to Weagle 91.1 fm audio jungle audio jungle do not go anywhere Thank you so much for tuning in to ninety one point one FM. This is Saturation italicized. We're going a little cray cray in the studio today. We just get so excited when Dr. Phil comes and joins us. He's my favorite guest.
2: He he tripped me whenever he whenever he walked in the door. He pointed at me and said, "You're a little stinky baby, aren't you?"
0: No way. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna chill with the sound effect, y'all. I just learned I just learned how to do the vine boom sound effect, and I also learned how to do bra so (laughs) I was not expecting that (laughs) okay okay but but back to the design and the art and the writing and you know saturation italicize. um so okay actually I'm super excited to talk about this um I was looking up graphic design current events and this was more uh this kind of got like rolled out in September officially but definitely worth talking about now it is the Paris 2024 Olympic rebrand. Um, what do y'all think about when you think of the Olympics? What is the logo you're thinking about? The circles. The rings. The rings. The rings, right? The five rings. Well, the company of Hulse and Durrell, a Canadian creative agency, teamed up with the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, and decided that it was time to take those rings and and to make them more universal and make them more accessible. So there's actually some illustration you can look up that incorporates the rings and incorporates the official Olympic colors um, in new ways. Uh, The brand itself created three custom typefaces, a series of graphics and 17 illustrations, as well as a set of guidelines for how to incorporate the Olympics new brand identity. When asked about the new brand identity, the IOC head of brand management, May Gray, grow, Gray, Gray, said, "The brand is a living beast. It's not something set in stone. But really, our wish was to put the athletes, the sports, and the games part of the system. And we all really felt we need to be more consistent. And that's something I like thought was really interesting." About this brand was that the Olympics is an ever-changing living beast. It comes back every four years. And when there is such a a lapse in time for a brand like that, it is very important that they keep up to date with all of the trends. Um, Lauren, you were bringing up some cool things about the trends of this new rebrand.
1: Yeah, so the rebrand, last week we talked about the 2022 graphic design trends. And I can see at least four of them. In this I did. That's just going to happen. This now. is this has changed the podcast forever. Um, so a lot of their stuff—they have one illustration, specifically like flat illustrations that are faceless. I don't know what to think about that. First of all, second of all, but that's the inclusive design we were talking about. Yeah, it was. It's very inclusive, which we we love. Which is like the, the second thing. The third thing is it's very geometric which geometry is really getting popular in design. And mm. then fourth, it has a really bold typeface. It has mm-hmm. a sans serif condensed blocky type, which I really love. I love oh. sans serifs. I love them. They're so good. So good. So did they make that font?
0: Um, Yeah, they did. So the fonts they made, the typefaces they made. Oh, it's um, called. Yeah. Oh. So they're called Olympic Headline, Olympic Sans, and Olympic Serif. Uh, they've been so rolled out over the past four years and the typefaces themselves were designed by the graphic designers Fabian Harb, Fabian Harb Seb McLaughlin um, from the design agency Denamo and Julian Herbert of Design Studio Principal, while artists Francesco Sikolela, Abby Lawsing and Karen Singh created the 17 illustrations for the brand identity. I really like it. I really like it too, and I I think it's good that they put so many people on this project. When the Olympics does have to appeal literally gro- globally to yeah. everyone, because everyone is a potential viewer for the Olympics. There's literally not a demographic that, that isn't.
1: It's a crazy wide Amish. target
2: audience. <laughs> I'm gonna be the first. I'm gonna be the first <laughs> Amish convert to be in the Olympics.
0: Oh my gosh, that would make history. You just wait. Mm.
2: For what it's worth, I think this is nice.
0: I I like yeah I like the rebrand. I, I'm giving it like a. Nine or ten out of ten. It makes
2: me yeah. think. It makes me think. It's a bit too googly uh, for me, but it's just the colors. But I don't know. I think it's it's very bold. It makes me think of like old airline uh, mm. design. I a could so bit. see that. But it's very pretty.
0: It's just nice. Um, but on to on to other things. M- maybe next week we'll dive a little bit more into that, perhaps. But right now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, the ooh, identification ooh,
1: game. Ooh, ooh. Let's go.
0: Today's uh poet or today's quote identification game is famous poetry lines edition. Bruh. So I have three different poem lines for y'all today. I will give you three choices of who they might be. Um for everyone you get right, you get the pretentious art student sticker. So let's get started. Is everyone ready? Yes. Ready? You, are you putting your thinking caps on? My thinking She's cap been is on. already on, yeah. Good deal. All right. First line. I am terrified by this dark thing that sleeps in me. Was this A Sylvia Plath? B Anne Sexton or C Emily Dickinson? Mm.
3: That sounds
2: like a that sounds like Sylvia Plath.
0: I think it's Anne Sexton.
2: But I also don't know enough about poetry to be informed.
3: <laughs> I'm on the fence, but my heart is telling me it's it's my girl Anne, so that's that's my answer.
0: Bard. Bard's the only one who got it right. <gasps> So, that line is from Klath's, uh poems called The Collected Poems. You
2: don't think, you, you don't write like that unless you're gonna stick your head in an oven.
0: That's so real. That's so real. That was a bit dark. I really relate to Plath so much. All right. She's a real one. She's so real. Uh, next one. This marriage thing, we snub our nose at it. Was this by A, Gwendolyn Brooks, B, Adrienne Rich, or C? Elsa von fretag Lauren Hoven, also known. <laughs> yeah, also known as the Baroness. <laughs> mm. I can say it again if you need. Yeah, can we have our options again? I'm sorry. Uh, Gwendolyn Brooks, Adrian Rich, or the Baroness. I think it's the Baroness. No
2: clue. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for the Baroness simply because her name is cool.
3: See, true. I don't really know either, but I'm gonna say it's my girl Gwen.
0: All right, Bard Lauren, good job. Uh, it was the Baroness, uh, also known as Elsa von Freytag-Lorenhope. We win these. Which um we, I, I need my sticker now. Y'all Bard has two stickers. Yeah, you're right. Bard's I feel
3: winning in the discriminated stickers. against as a STEM student right now. I'm well, hoping to redeem. You know what? Redeem.
2: You're going to actually have a job when you graduate. So <laughs> let us let us have this, okay?
0: Yeah, <laughs> give us our let us have our pretentious art students art student stickers. All right, final, final poem. Um, this is actually not a line. This is a stanza from an entire poem because it's short and I really liked it. Or honestly, it might be the uh, entire poem. I can't remember. Anyways, I've said I wouldn't ever keep a cat, a dog, a bird, chiefly because I'd rather love my equals today, turning in the fog of my mind. I knew the thing I really couldn't stand in the house is a woman. Was that A, Adrian Rich? B, Maya Angelou, or C, Audre Lorde? Mm. Can you read them the, the options again? Mm-hmm. I've said I wouldn't ever keep a cat, a dog, a bird, chiefly because I'd rather love my equals today. Turning in the fog of my mind, I knew the thing I really couldn't stand in the house is a woman.
1: And who are the people?
0: Adrian Rich, Maya Angelou, or Audre Lorde?
1: I'm going A.
2: I'm going to go B.
0: Could it go see? Oh, split decisions. All right, someone into this game with no stickers. Womp womp. Sorry, Allison.. <laughs>
3: um, and
0: I'm going get you guys. Bard, you we're so close to three out of three. Uh, yeah No one's ever gotten one. three out of three on get the this show. One.
1: Uh, good job, Lauren. Yay. It was Adrian Rich. See, I didn't know option C and it didn't sound like B. So yeah, uh, I forgot Day. to mention on the
0: poem before this that that line was from Fruit Don't Fall Far poems by the Baroness. And this last stanza was from the poem Apology by Adrian Rich. Um
2: Bard really has to go um see a person about a horse. So they're going to do that, but it has been a pleasure to be Thank you so much, Bard. And I will see y'all. It
0: was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So, what what are the takeaways, ladies, from from today's cast? You have like 20 seconds to say what the takeaways
1: are. The takeaway was I liked the show and the guests. Yeah, I liked having guests. And you're starting their <laughs> show saying your name is Lauren. Um, well, we might
0: have to do guests again sometimes. Y'all should let us know on our Instagram,
1: which is saturation.italicized. <gasps> Nominated guest. Nominated guest. They oh. Could, they could DM us. Yo. DM us if you want to be on the show. DM us. And or not. Us if
0: I got to turn that alarm off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Girl, you're I on know the know air. That.
1: All right. Bruh.
3: Okay, okay, okay,
0: that's it. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Saturation of Tile Size. Y'all have a good night. Bye. Bye.